0: Welcome to Shit Talk Fridays, a podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle and relationships with a splash of controversy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Ivo. And I'm very excited tonight because we are actually drinking a very special drink for the holidays that my husband so graciously made for us. Yeah,
1: I finally decided to take a crack at this. Um, I've been wanting to make it for a while. Uh, I used to get it from somebody where um, where I used to work, and they would bring it to me every holiday. Yeah. And always wanted to make it myself, but never got around to it. So this year, I finally did. And the drink that we're talking about is Puerto Rican Coquito.
0: Yes, and the funny thing is that Evo is not Puerto Rican. I am not. I'm not Puerto <laughs> Rican, but
1: I do like making mixed drinks. And so this was one yeah. that I've been wanting to take a crack at. And from what I understand, there are many different recipes to Coquito.
0: Well, we actually drank this the other day and this shit is hitting. Yeah. So let's cheers because I'm excited to drink it. Cheers. Okay. Hmm. And happy holidays to good. everyone out there because um we are officially two days away from Christmas. Yes, we are. But if you are Latino, tomorrow is Christmas.
1: <laughs> you got that right.
0: <laughs> okay. I don't care what nobody say. Every Latino celebrates Christmas on Christmas Eve.
1: Well, in some places, the celebration starts like two months ago. Two months ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like a couple month long celebration, all the way into January.
0: A couple months long.
1: A couple months long. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for picking that up.
0: Um, but I'm referring to Latinos here in the states. Right.
1: Right. No, and yeah. I understand what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Because so I have never not celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve. It's just something that is embedded in like my upbringing and my culture, and I feel like almost every other Latino that I have. Um, Come in contact with throughout my life. They celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve, and it's like it's like a throwdown. Like the food, the music, the drinks, yeah. all of it is happening on Christmas Eve, and the parents maybe get a little too little too sauced, and the kids get to open up gifts before twelve o'clock. <laughs> but because it the holiday is upon us, I thought it would be fun to kind of talk about. Um, Like, how kind of we do things culturally as far as like celebrating the holidays. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the show, we're going to be talking about weaponizing confidence because I know that the two don't sound like they fit together, but I'm going to explain to you how I feel like they do. They do as far as our conversation. Right. Not to say that this is how it happens all the time. But um, like I was saying, growing up, I celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve and it was something in my house where uh, my mother would be in the kitchen cooking and real talk. That's if she was there because I come from a very um, interesting upbringing, to say the least. Yeah. traditional Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. There's nothing of tradition there, but I do have some memories of my mother making Christmas Eve dinner and it was always a ham. And truth be told... I am not a fan of ham. Was it with the pineapple? Yes, it had to be with the pineapple. And I think it's so weird, the combination, because it's like ham with pineapple. But then all the other dishes are like straight Hispanic dishes like arroz gandules, um, patele. So then it's like, where does this ham fit in there? Like, why there's, are we not just eating peni?
1: There's something about a properly cooked ham <laughs> with pineapple that just hits different, you mm. know, so I can see that, you
2: know.
0: Uh, I'm glad that you could see it, considering that you are not Puerto Rican and my mother is Puerto Rican. And I feel like that was something that was a staple.
2: Well,
1: here's the thing. So, I, you know, in my history of dating,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I have been privileged mm-hmm. to experience many different cultural Christmas cultures. <laughs>
0: I love how you were so treading lightly right yeah, now you're you know, like I, I have been privileged. It was a privilege. Eva was like all the chicks that I dated
1: <laughs> you know so um you know ha- pineapple ham pineapples or pineapple ham I don't even know what you call it was definitely on, was definitely on the menu a few holidays.
0: Uh yeah, it's it's something that was always on the menu. And in addition to that, we were also eating Beni or sometimes like my mom would make like, uh, like, a, like a small chicken, mm-hmm. which is honestly like what I preferred. But what I find interesting is that a lot of the things that I grew up doing traditionally, like part of my culture, you know, the coquito, the Beni and the rosocandules, the patele, um, the dancing, the music, you know, uh, the drinks, the alcohol. I really was specific about the things that I pulled out of my childhood and my upbringing. And then I brought those things over to how we celebrated holidays in in our family. Because it's very different. Yeah. I would say that the th- one thing that I carried over like easily without like blinking of an eye was the food. Minus the ham. <laughs> Cause I don't like ham. I've never, I don't know what it is about it. I mean, I would always eat it to, I was one of those kids growing up, like, if my mom did something like that, I would always want to make her feel good. Yeah. So I would eat the ham, even though I, I really didn't like it. And then, I don't know if you're familiar with this, like, putting the clothes in the ham, too? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, like, you know, I was I was a good kid. So I would, I would eat the ham, even though I didn't really like it. But, f- true story, I used to get sick a lot on the holidays. Really? Yeah, I I can't explain to you why, but so many holidays I could think back Christmas, New Year's, where I was like sick and I didn't feel like I had some sort of like viral something or other where my stomach felt weird or had like a slight fever. Um, I even have on video one Christmas Eve dinner where I'm sitting at the table and I look like I am not well, but I'm really like trying to like be there and be present because it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. And because um, my mother and my dad weren't really, like, always present around the holidays or they weren't, you know, present as a whole, uh, I really, like, tried to immerse myself in those experiences even though I wasn't feeling well.
1: You was a true Grinch from the start, wasn't you? As soon as 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 that Christmas holiday came around, you were like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) But listen... Real talk. In my old age, have I not blossomed into yeah, like have. the yeah, most joyful but holiday bitch you ever knew? The reason
1: I say so is because of how much you love the movie The Grinch.
0: Um, I fucking love that movie so much. I love the Jim Carrey version, but right. I also love the original Grinch, the right. animated version. That I'm not exactly sure when it came out, but I yeah, remember growing. Yeah, I remember growing up and watching it as a little kid, and just like his heart that was two sizes too small. I identified with that so hard. <laughs> I was like, a bitch got a black heart and it's two sizes. That's what I'm too saying. Small. So when the,
1: when the holidays came around, you were like a true Grinch from the, from, from like a little girl. You'd be like, Ugh, Christmas.
0: But how great is it that our daughter just gave us a Christmas card and it said, Merry Grinchmas. And I yeah, was, was like, super cute. They made I it. was like, look at my they, uh, baby. Yeah. They
1: made that at school for her.
0: Yeah. I was like, look at my baby. Like, 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 unintentionally like carrying on her mother's (laughs) tradition without even her knowing.
2: That's pretty cute.
0: So, um, in our house, one of the things that is like a staple, like I said, is the food, you know, you and I just recently made pateles together. And if anyone doesn't know, if you're not familiar with what pateles are, it's like a combination of a lot of foods, uh, or vegetables rather that is, that are very prominent in Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. Right. So it is green banana, it is uh platano, it is uh cassava or pumpkin, and then is uh it's uh yute, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Am mm-hmm. I pronouncing it right?
2: I think
1: so. How you it's, pronounce okay. it. it's
0: it's spelled a Y U T I A. Utia. Utia, sorry, I I apologize. Uh potatoes. And I think that's it to make the masa, which is basically the mix. Mm-hmm. And then from that, we uh, put in chicken. We put in olives. We put in uh, chickpeas. Chickpeas. And then it's wrapped in a leaf and then wrapped in wax paper. And
1: we also season the masa. Too. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. I forgot about that. It's a whole process. that yeah, shit it takes, took a, me it takes a while. Yeah, it took me an evil three hours. And I would love to say that like my husband is very present in the kitchen when these things are going down. And um, it took us like three hours, and then that same day you made the coquito.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were
1: we were drinking we were drinking coquito and making pateles. Mm. It's always a party when we're in the kitchen. And of course we had during Spanish. The holidays. Yeah, for of sure. Of course we had Spanish music yeah.
0: in the background playing all types. But yo, that station was rocking.
1: Yeah, and nah, it was a definitely a good station. It was
0: great, and it was such a great experience. So th- those are the type of things that I have carried over from my culture, and as far as like celebrating the holidays everything else i kind of like left it to the wayside and i introduced my own kind of traditions which are when we put up the christmas tree every year Mm -hmm. we have to watch edward scissorhands that is like my definitely a
1: staple in this house
0: it's gotten to the point now where like my kids expect it because they know it's going to happen and i know traditionally no one's looking at edward scissorhands like a christmas movie but for me it is a christmas movie because it takes place a portion of it takes place during Christmas. Yeah. And Edward has a um, portion of, you know, him doing uh, sculptures out of ice. Right. During the holidays. Yeah, during the holidays. And I just find it so beautiful, the story that is told, you know, like the love. Mm-hmm. And um I also love the... um I also love the part of Edward Hands that has like... The music it's by Danny Elfman and I feel like it's so Christmas like so that is something that we do in our house that that definitely didn't come from my childhood at all, but um, I find it interesting because I feel like I guess what I can say is, is that I carried over the parts that I found most most valuable to me most like like most memorable. You know, yeah. the, the food and, and, you know, being with family. It was never about the gifts. It was never about, like, the decorations. It was always about the time spent with family.
1: Which is how it's, quote, unquote, supposed to be. Supposed, supposed to be. Supposed to be.
0: Uh, but there is a very big, heavy focus on gift giving.
1: Yeah, we um we try to make it definitely not about that in our house.
0: Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think that's ever really been something. Yeah. We've always limited the gifts to when the kids were little, the boys. Yeah. Three gifts. Right. One was kind of big. It was like kind of like the one that they always wanted. And then, um, you know, two other gifts were like, you know, a medium sized one and then a small one. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. And then you and I regularly only exchange like if that one gift.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, it's more about just being together and, you know, like as a family and enjoying the holidays. Some gifts, but eating and just quality time. Yeah. I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I feel like you and I had very different experiences when it came to Christmas uh, because yeah. you didn't live in the States.
1: Well, so I kind of have two different experiences. Oh, yes. One, not as memorable as the other. Okay. Um, so, you know, up until I was five years old, I lived here in the United States mm-hmm. and, you know. Right around five years, four or five years old. That's kind of like when I start having like the most uh, vivid, like the most, cl- like the most clear memories that I can think back on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I ha- vaguely remember some holidays being in New York mm-hmm. um at some friends and family's house. You know, in these little tight apartments. You know, that's packed.
0: How, that's how you do yeah, it. <laughs>
1: packed. You know, packed to the T. Everybody's like in these you know shoulder to shoulder at the table on these chairs but it was a party and there was love and um but then i also have memories of us celebrating christmas in our in our house which was in Wayne, new jersey Mm -hmm. um and it was a pretty big house at the time and so i have memories of us just being there with no family um and so i actually that's funny funny now that i think about it that's when I figured out that Santa wasn't real because mm. I remember one.
0: What you mean, Willis?
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Right? Um, Yeah. One, you know, one Christmas Eve, I had to like wake up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I think I was trying to be sneaky because like I had a suspicion.
0: Trying. I, I, if I If I remember correctly, you were a little badass kid.
1: Well, but see, the thing was, is like I got sent to bed kind of early. I mean, my brother didn't have to go to bed right away. Okay. So usually we go to bed together, kind of right around the same time, not 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 too far apart. But this this day was a little off, and so I was making excuses to like you know you know how kids do they don't they'll do anything to try to like prolong them going to bed. So I was doing that. Of course. And um, I re- I, spe- I specifically remember going to my room, laying in bed, and then you know telling my mom I had to go to the bathroom. So if I walked out of my bedroom, the bathroom was across the hall. And then to the right, as I'm st- if I'm standing in the hallway between my bedroom and the and the bathroom, to the right were the stairs that went downstairs. It was like a bi-level, and then you can see the living room. Mm-hmm. And I and then so, because the tree and everything was set up in the living room, if I walked across, I could see into the living room, and I could potentially see what they were doing. They were they were setting up the tree,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they were trying to do it right after I went to bed, which is a probably been, you know, they should have waited till I went to sleep. Um, and then as I walked by. Of course, course I took a look. My brother standing in the hallway like this, trying to, like, block my view. Of course, I can see past him. Yeah, Mike tried. He tried so hard. Um, And then I saw my mom walking by with one of my presents. Mm. And she hadn't wrapped it yet. I saw the actual present. And so the next morning when I unwrapped it, like, I put two and two together. I was like, I saw you carrying this thing. And I'm like... You were
0: like, uh, don't let that I said, after
1: that, the cat was out the bag. Um, And so... Not too long after that, I ended up going to live in Dominican Republic, where I spent just about seven years. And man, was that a culture shock! Yeah, you know, big time. But still, special and unique in its own way, because the way that Dominicans celebrate Christmas um, is totally different from the way that they they it over here. Uh, and as it was like I mentioned earlier, that the you know the celebration starts you know like a month or two in advance. Okay and it goes all the way into january i mean they that's something that they love is those those holidays Uh, but it's more about you know food and the toys i mean yes you can you know there are toys and things like that but it's more about like you know on christmas eve getting together Mm -hmm. eating a big meal Mm -hmm. and then going to church to celebrate what's called the the rooster's mass okay right and they call it the rooster's mass because supposedly a rooster crowed the the night that jesus was born <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> s- <laughs> that's what they call it
0: um i'm sorry that's
1: yep <laughs> you could look it up it this is actually a fact
0: i i, I- <laughs> <laughs>
1: But listen, you, okay. we can't laugh because they take the religion very seriously. I, right? I, I am this not. Is a very serious just thing. It sounds funny. I'm it's sorry. called the rooster's mask.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. It just sounds funny. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, they, you know, they also make uh, these these things called uh, uh, charamicos,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where,
1: which are their version of christmas trees. They don't have christmas trees out there like like we do over here where yeah. you can just go and chop down a pine tree and you know put it in your
0: Yeah, there's not fir trees just growing all over the No, yard.
1: definitely not. And so what they do is that they make their own trees out of like, you know, out of wood and this is kind of what they look like.
0: Oh, those are those are really beautiful.
1: Yeah, so they make them in all different colors. They make stars um and then they start the in, spe- in specific the white ones were made to um kind of like represent a snow because we know we, they don't get snow out there. Oh wow! So this is their version of like snowy trees and snowy stars, and and they even make reindeers and stuff like that and all types of things. And That's
0: actually really beautiful. Yeah. Um, I wish that we could like find something like that here. Funny though, didn't I just say something that I thought would be really cool about celebrating Christmas traditionally being Latino and bringing that to the states? Yes, you yeah. did. You did. I'm not going to say what I thought. No, I don't, don't want to let the cat out the bag just yet. Because, um, you know.
1: It might just be a thing.
0: Yeah, it just might be a thing. But, yeah, so, I, these are quite beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean, the great thing about these and the great thing about celebrating Christmas out there is that a lot of the stuff is not, you know, manufactured the way it is out here. So a lot of things are handmade, you know, yeah. and these are all handmade. Yeah. Um, which is another beautiful thing about being out there because you really yeah. learn how to use your hand and how to make things. Um, and then they also have um, something that they celebrate called uh, Los Angelitos, which is their version of Secret Santa. But they do it for two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, you it's it's like, you know, you get a group of people and everybody puts their names in, in, a, in, a, in a hat and you draw names and whosever name you get that you're their Secret Santa. Mm-hmm. And so every day for two weeks, you give them a gift, but they don't know who it is. And then at the end of the two weeks, you reveal who you are to your Secret Santa. It's just kind of like a...
0: So you're getting 14 gifts?
1: Yeah, but they're small little things, you know, nothing big, you know, just kind of like tiny little things. De cositas. Yeah, yeah, like like, little tiny, nothing crazy, you know, but it's just the point of of getting gifts from someone every day for, you know, for two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, which kind of, you know, makes you feel special, especially in a place like this where... um,
0: It kind of reminds me of Hanukkah.
1: Kind of, yeah. Because they give gifts for seven days. Yeah. Yeah, And then, you know, they have like fireworks shows that are crazy. Fireworks are big oh, wow. during the Christmas holiday. Yeah. I mean, huge. Um, so that's always special. And another thing that is really, um, it's really great is that around between the 20th to the 24th, you have what they like to call a Dominican Yorks, which are the Dominicans that come back from the United States. Oh, shit. And, and they come bearing gifts.
0: Oh, wow yes
1: they, I mean and you know because it's such a big celebration um you have just this mass of people coming in from the states to come back and be with their family to bring gifts to bring money and it's just such a it's such a gift giving and such a family giving and such a so much love is injected
2: yeah
1: um in, from so many directions into the island that it really creates this this beautiful um and such a happy time and um I'm sorry, I was just looking at my notes for a second. And so, yeah, those are like some of the things that I remember, you know, that were very fond. Of, you know, I was very fond of when I celebrated Christmas out there because it was very different from out here.
0: Yeah, you know, like, um, Those those traditions sound like a lot of fun. Yes. Which is, I feel like, here in the States, I feel like we kind of lose that a little bit. You know, because I feel like there's such a focus on like buying shit and like making things perfect, mm-hmm. and it's part of the reason why like I don't focus on those type of things. Yeah. Uh, our kids, I will say that the one thing that they look forward to primarily when it comes to the holidays is food. Like they're just looking to eat, and they're looking to be around family, and they're looking for my brother to sell. To tell crazy ass stories and, you know, crack fucking jokes and shit like that. Or like my dad, you know, to be there and making stupid ass comments, yeah. you know, like that's really what we, our family is looking for when those holidays come around. Um, but what I will say is that I think what's even bigger to Latinos more than Christmas is Three Kings Day. And yes. I don't <laughs> I don't know why. I don't even celebrate this holiday, but it's embedded in me that my Christmas tree cannot come down until after Three Kings Day. So until after January sixth, that tree is not coming down.
1: Cause that's how you do it.
0: And um, I celebrated Three Kings Day a couple different times, but primarily when I lived with my aunt and my uncle, it you know it is more of a religious based festivity not to say that christmas isn't i just feel like three kings day is really focused on the religious part of it mm-hmm. even though christmas is supposed to be about the birth of jesus christ even though i feel like we we've we totally missed that even though growing growing up and living with my aunt, my uncle we went to christmas mass right so uh there was definitely like that religion part of it but i feel like three three kings day really even the way that the gift giving was presented was more religious and um i remember it being the first time that i was exposed to it because before i went to go live with my uh, my uncle i did not really know what three kings day was you know like uh, the household that i grew up in with my mom and my dad like religion really wasn't a thing and um I remember being told the night before Three Kings Day to put a shoebox underneath my bed with like straw in it that obviously my aunt bought. And you, when you put the shoebox underneath your bed, when you woke up in the morning, there was three small, three little gifts inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, wow, this is even like a little bit more amazing than Santa Claus because you knew that the gifts were coming from your parents. Your your parents or your guardians, you know they they weren't trying to make it seem like that there was these three kings coming from the desert to give you gifts. They were just honoring the the tradition and like you know the scriptures that were in the Bible. But I remember the gifts being they were small. They they weren't big. They were you know things that I guess almost meant had more meaning to them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like the focus in, on it religion-wise was even a little bit more intense than Christmas because Christmas you got the gifts that like you wanted. You got like your game systems, your Barbies, you right. know, whatever the, your easy bake oven, whatever the fuck it is. But on Three Kings Day you got these small little gifts and I almost kind of feel like I treasured them more. So celebrating Three Kings Day for me is like embedded in me. But what I find so interesting about three kings day is that like you know how the whole story takes place that you know (laughs) that the birth of jesus happened and then these three kings followed the star in the east without really knowing they just like knew that the star meant that jesus was born and they were going to follow this star and then they were going to be they were going to come and give gifts to this child Mm -hmm. that was going to be the new king of the jews and the reason why i find it like interesting is because like, how can I put this? It's more about like the mythical aspect of right. it, you know, that they followed the star.
1: Well, and then those times, you know, they um, it was. uh That's what people did, you know. They looked yeah. to the skies for for direction and, and mm-hmm. messages and things like that, and you know, everything was interpreted, uh, um, you know, with what the skies had to say about it and the stars.
0: I think, when I think about it. It sounds more realistic to me than some fucking jolly white guy delivering gifts. Oh, Saint Nick <laughs> through a chimney. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, I grew up in an apartment. Where that mofo coming mm-hmm. in?
1: Oh, he came in through your window, <laughs> for sure. And he did. And he ate your cookies. <laughs>
0: So that's why I feel like Three Kings to me made more sense. I was like, okay, I know that ain't no dudes coming to my house. I know that my parents are giving me this. My guardians are giving me this. So like there was like more realism in it.
1: If you're going to believe in something, you're going to believe in that. Yeah. Over some some big white guy coming in in through your window.
0: (laughs) because i am puerto rican um uh, it's a huge celebration in puerto rico yeah like three kings day is like kind of like how uh, you know um El dia the,
1: de los reyes yeah, well as...
0: is celebrated like how they do things in dominican republic you know there are fireworks there are festivals there are things that are handmade and i just feel like i don't i don't celebrate that holiday i don't um what's the word i'm looking for i don't um I don't do that tradition with our children. I don't, you know, right. do the gift giving. But you damn well know that that tree is not coming down until after January 6th. And I, I would love to know if there's any other Latinos that listen to us or watch us and do the same. But they don't celebrate the, they don't celebrate the holiday. Their, their tree just stays up. Yeah, I just feel like time. some
1: people just use it as an excuse to not take their tree down. I mean, you know what? I just feel like, it. you know, it's it looks so good.
0: You know, yeah, I you kind love of, the tree. I kind of wish,
1: like, we could just leave it up all year round.
0: Uh, no, absolutely not, sir. Absolutely not. And for anyone wondering, uh, right now, Evo's off camera pouring oh, us some, some, some more coquito. Yeah, Thank I'm you pour so the much. Rest of this right here. Um, if you're wondering why he's like off camera right now, but so I said earlier in the show that we were going to talk about weaponized incompetence and like how the fuck does that fit into the tradition of Christmas and the reason why I thought it would be interesting to talk about this is because during the holidays
1: well before why don't you let the viewers and listeners know um, what weaponizing competence actually is so so that way when you describe it and how it ties in
0: yeah I'm gonna get to that
1: oh okay I'm sorry just okay
0: Um, during the holidays men and women husband and wives partners are doing a lot. A lot is going on in the house. Yeah. I just wonder who's doing what and how these responsibilities are being divvied up. Because I can tell you that um, I was not necessarily familiar with this term weaponized incompetence because I do feel like it is a new term and it's all over social media. But when you basically take away the wording, What it basically means is that one of the partners, unfortunately, primarily the man, is doing something, a task or responsibility in the household at such a poor level that the other partner will then choose to do one of two things. Either give them some sort of aid of how to complete it, like a list. Um, They will literally give them a step by step. Or the partner will choose to never again ask their spouse to help them. And then what winds up happening, that pushes the responsibility back on the other partner. And the reason why it's called weaponized incompetence is because the other partner that is doing the task or the responsibility very poorly is doing it purposely because they're able. It just takes time to maybe learn certain things. But they're choosing to do it poorly so that they know that their partner will be reluctant to ever ask them again. Thus putting the responsibility more on the man or the woman. Whoever is, whoever is, whoever is the choosing to be incompetent. So that being said, the reason why I thought about that when it comes to the holidays is because when you and I first started dating when the holidays came around i found myself doing a lot of the shopping when it came to gift giving
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i would shop for your family i would shop for um if you needed me to get something for like if you were giving something to like your vendors or something like that for your job i was the one doing that but i did it very willingly and then what i found was it became very stressful
1: yeah, because at the beginning, you just took care of it, and yeah. then and then throughout, you know, as the years went on, it was like, okay, holidays coming around, ah, Gina got this, you know? Yes. And, I mean, I just kind of, like, went with what we were doing from the beginning.
0: And, um, I almost kind of feel like it was to the fault of me that we became, it, that became the dynamic between you and I, because I started off being like, I got it. I'll do it mm-hmm. and that was because i was a control freak and i needed things to be done a certain way i needed things to be done in a way where i felt like they were right but they were really right in the way gina wanted it mm-hmm. to be and i had a very hard time relinquishing that sort of i guess power you can say
1: control yeah, yeah
0: control power So then that dynamic kind of developed and then I found myself really frustrated and I basically shot myself in the foot because I became frustrated in that dynamic because then I felt like I was doing all the work. And then it just became like a whole, okay, I need to let go and let my husband do what it is. That needs to be done for the holidays, whether it be gift giving, whether it be cooking, whether it be decorating, whatever it is, I need to let him do it the way evil's going to do it. And that was so hard for me because it was more about me coming to terms with my own feelings Mm -hmm. rather being accepting to the way you did things. Right. And I feel like once I did that, um, I hit the ground running and I was just like, we're good. So now when it comes to holidays, birthdays, you know, any sort of festivities that like maybe one of us has to buy a gift or there has to be decorating or there has to be or we're hosting an event, you and I really just like we like bounce off of each Mm -hmm. other. You know, there's no there's no. There's no, oh, you're doing this, and then, then I'll come check with you, like, what needs to be done. You, right. If anything, we're bouncing ideas off of each other, where you're just like, okay, so I did this. What do you want to do next? Like, just to keep the system flowing.
1: Yeah, well, I you know, I think that it's important to know. Um, it was important for me to know that, you know, when I did these things, that as long as I put in my best effort into mm-hmm. doing these things... Um, you know, you would be appreciative of those. You you learned how to be appreciative of that you know yeah. you, you you were able to recognize. Okay, this is probably not exactly how I would have did it, mm-hmm. but I do see the effort. You know, it's just the way he does it, and I need to you know appreciate that and you know and be okay with that. And once once we sunk into that dynamic, things kind of like really took on uh, a more easy or going flow. In other words, you 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 were you were a tolerant of my fuck ups.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- there were times even that you really surprised me, and you yeah, know that. you know
1: I mean listen I got my tr- I got you know I got my tricks on my sleeves you know and yeah. it's, not, it's not a big bag of tricks, but you know it's it's got some in there,
0: you know, <laughs> but I will say that there are things that you and I do that I would consider a specialty there are things that you do that I love the way you do it and I will ask for you to do that only and i won't I won't do it but I'll, if I can I will assist mm-hmm so I feel like that's a really good way of not abusing your partner's confidence, you know, and their ability or their talent in something. Mm-hmm. But what tends to happen with weaponizing competence, even though I know that you have a little discrepancy with the word weaponize. Yeah, I don't
1: like I don't like the way that they uh they they I don't like the way that they they phrase this. I don't like yeah. the terminology, because I just feel like that um you know, I listen, I get the whole Purposely not doing something good Mm -hmm. or a task that you've been given so that that task is not assigned to you anymore in the future.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And there, you know, and I get that people will be afraid of doing a good job on these tasks because they're afraid that they're going to be assigned more things, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but to say that it's a weapon, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that that wasn't well thought out. And so I have a problem with the... Excuse me. Here we go again with the... Um, I have a problem with the way that that's worded.
0: Um, I would agree with you. I think weapon is... It seems a little harsh. But the incompetence part to me oh, is... It's,
1: it's dead on. It's, it's, de- de-
0: it's, it's dead on. Yeah. Because I myself have witnessed this occur between people in relationships. Um, I have seen men... Ask their wives or their partners to do something and they will follow up that request with because you do it better than me yeah, or because she's good at it. But I know it's not because they really value the way that that person does something like how I just said to you. It's they're doing it because they don't want to fucking do it.
1: I mean, yeah, there's that. And there is a underlying there's an underlying issue where that person is really projecting their laziness onto Mm. the other person Mm -hmm. is really what's going on you know because at the root of it I think that's really what it is it's just a person that's very lazy and doesn't like doing many things and so Mm -hmm. when they're assigned to do something they do it in a very lazy way Don't put a lot of thought and effort into it because they don't want to do it to begin with they Mm half-ass it and they, they just you know kind of Projected back to the person that uh, assigned it to them to begin with.
0: I think in addition to being lazy, that's also a person that's very selfish.
1: Well yeah, absolutely.
0: And the reason why I say that the person is very selfish is because I don't think it's always, I do think laziness is part of it. But the, I think that you and I have watched, for example, our, our, our children say that they don't that they're not good at something, but then we'll say to them, but I've watched you do this thing that you care about so well. Mm -hmm. So it's this level of selfishness that they'll execute something really well that they care about. But when it's them having to care about their partner and their partner's needs, they don't care. And one of the best, I I think one of the conversations that's happening a lot on social media as far as weaponizing competence is child rearing. So when two people decide to have a child, one of the partners, again, primarily the male, is doing things that is amplifying their incompetence. And I guess the reason why it's considered weaponized is because you know that they are very well competent. Mm-hmm. So one of the examples that I saw was the husband saying to the wife, yeah, I, I'll watch the baby. Go ahead and take a shower. And then the wife comes out of the shower because she hears the baby crying because the husband has fell asleep on the couch and is not watching the child. Mm-hmm. That is a perfect example of doing something so poorly that never again is your wife going to feel... Um, you, you, your wife is never going to feel confident to leave you with the child because in fear of you fucking falling asleep. Um, and then that also puts the child in harm's way. Yeah. So that's going to make the wife never want to do that again. I can't tell you how many times women... We'll say things like, I brought the baby in the bathroom with me. In the car seat or the bouncy seat or whatever it is. So that I could watch the baby while I'm showering. While they have a husband at home that is doing... I I don't know what the fuck it is that they're doing. But they do it because it's easier. Yeah. You know, it makes the dynamic easier. Well, in actuality, you're like not even getting the time to wash your ass in fucking peace.
1: Well, I mean, so... You ever wonder why these people are like this?
0: That's a good question. That's actually a... Um, I had a few ideas as to why these things happen.
1: Yeah, I'd like to hear about that.
0: I wrote a song about it. like to hear here okay, it go. Here, here we go. So one of the things I said to you earlier was, I wonder if there is some sort of trade-off. Okay. And what I mean by trade-off is, are the women in this dynamic allowing their husbands to be incompetent because in turn they're receiving something by letting the men do i guess less okay so i guess the best example i have of that is a woman taking care of the child cleaning the house even though maybe she may work but then once a week the husband takes her out to dinner buys her something nice that's Mm -hmm. like or you know takes her somewhere or does something for her Maybe on a more lavish level, and that's the trade off. She will be doing all of that to then get that little bit of, um, I guess, like materialistic joy. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think that that could be one of the reasons.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely.
0: Um, and then the other one that I immediately thought about is that um, this is the way a lot of these people are raised they come from households where the men watch their mothers be these women
1: that's exactly where I was going with this yeah you know yeah I mean and it doesn't necessarily have to be men you know I mean there are women that are incompetent in ways mm-hmm. where you know everything is given to them as a child mm-hmm. you know they're you know they're not you know, taught to be um, like a, a team player, per se. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not assigned things as a kid, responsibilities, and taught to, like, you know, to provide, at the, at the minimum, provide for themselves. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that that's important, you know, in raising a child to show them how to do for themselves and care for themselves and provide for them i mean how are you going to provide anything to somebody else if at the core you can't provide these things for yourself Mm -hmm. you know so when you have a lot of these households that like you said you know traditionally Mm -hmm. the man is doing one thing the woman is doing another Mm -hmm. and traditionally those things that the women are doing are taking care of the household responsibilities Mm -hmm. so fast forward once you know the child that's in that house that has the traditional upbringing mm-hmm. where the man is out working or providing the income or whatever the financial stability for the family and the wife is at home working the children that grow up in that household see that dynamic mm-hmm. and when they get older and they enter the relationship status there you have now where that person is almost like what else are they supposed to expect yeah you know um if you know, when it comes to these things, if they could look, go dig into their bag of tricks, there's nothing there. They haven't been equipped with anything, Yeah. you know. So then therefore, you know, and then, and then maybe like, for example, let's just say I grew up in a traditional household
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you didn't, you know, you were taught to cook and to clean and you were taught to like, you know, do craft things and be creative and all these things that, you know, are important to have. And I wasn't, you know, I had a maid growing up, you know. Uh, I went to private school, you know, like these things, you know, where I didn't have to fend for myself. Everything was just given to me, Mm -hmm. you know. So fast forward, you know, 20 years, 25 years into my life, we meet. And then, you know, our relationship starts to unfold. You're starting to realize that when it comes to like tasks that we do together as a couple, I'm not that great. And then I'm seeing how that, you know, you're strong at that. Mm -hmm. So can you see how that dynamic would unfold where all of a sudden I'm leaning on you in these times to do these things because you just do them so much better. And it's not because, I mean, yes, there is a, a level of incompetence to it. But, I mean, as a child, I wasn't given these things. You know, They weren't Im- embedded in me as a child. Mm-hmm. And so far, I grew up lacking
2: them.
0: Um, an interesting part of that, I think, is the... I think you and I were talking about this like before the show and I said to you that um, when these sort of things happen, it's possible that the couple prior to having children they very well may be more caring for the husband when there's no children. So maybe he's getting his laundry done. Yeah, that's maybe true. maybe he's getting food cooked for him more, or you know whatever it is, or vice versa. You know, maybe the maybe the wife maybe works more, and the husband is cleaning the house, so they're able to do things for each other more mm-hmm. because there's no presence of children. So I f- I feel like because when I thought about it, I was like, why are they, why are they not like noticing these behaviors in their partner before? And then they have children, and now it's a fucking problem. And I think it's because prior to having children, you don't even, you don't even know how these things are going to play out because you're able to give more care to your yeah. partner.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, you're just focusing on one person.
0: And then when a child comes into play, it's like, fuck, um, this guy or girl doesn't even know how to do laundry because I've been doing it, and you've always been okay with that, right? because
2: it's just
1: one person.
0: It's just one person. Yeah,
1: I mean, and you're doing yours, so you know, it's very easy yeah. for you to do theirs and you want to be nice and you know, you're kind of like just trying to, you know, show your best side of yourself and all that good stuff, but and what it's doing is it's setting up it's like a recipe for disaster later on down well, the, later on down the road.
0: That's exactly what it is. And yeah. um I think what's interesting, the term weaponizing competence kind of rolls off the back of this other term called second shift. Where women who work full time jobs will come home to a second shift Mm. where they have to take care of the children and take care of the household, even though both of the parents are working.
1: Well, I mean, I would like to think that in now in this society nowadays that it couldn't happen both ways. There probably there there are men Mm -hmm. that potentially come home to a second shift as well.
0: Uh I would agree, but I would think that it's on a smaller scale because the term weaponizing competence is coming from the conversation of women talking about No, I get husbands. it. That's why
1: I said potentially. Yeah. I mean, I think that that right there in itself says it's a small chance portion. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to start, evil, you know. Evil yeah. talking for <laughs> the please, men. Please. Yeah, I'm trying. Like, you know, I don't want. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, because you know what? This is a sensitive subject. And yes, it? it's a sensitive subject in a way where this is heavily geared towards men and, um, you know, I want to say this in the best way possible, but, okay. you know, there is a there is a portion of it where it's not completely their fault. Um, and when I say it, I understand the key word where I said there's a portion of it that it's not completely their fault. And it reflects back to what we just spoke about, mm-hmm. where it, it's something that, sh- you know, t- technically should be instilled in the household mm-hmm. when they're growing up. Mm-hmm. So if they're raised this way with this expectation that in a relationship, you know, the, what they saw growing up, that the the mother or the father, one or the other, is is providing all of these things in the relationship, then when it comes to, ref, you know, acting on their own relationship, the only experience that they have to reflect back on is the one that they saw growing up.
0: Or I, I when I think about that, I feel like it could actually be... The dynamic can be a little different. And what I mean by that is is like, what if one of the parents was absent in the household? There There are a lot of children, boys and girls, being raised by single mothers where there is not a father present. So these kids are being brought up watching their mother do everything. Yeah, They're cooking, they're working, they're cleaning, they're child-rearing, they're helping with homework, they're running them to their fucking extracurricular activities. They watch the women do everything. So do I think that the expectation... Of them entering a relationship with a woman or a man after that, is that that person could work and fucking do it all? I feel like sometimes that bar is set really high.
1: Well, I mean, you also have to take into consideration that in that dynamic, even in that single parent household, or more specifically into what you were saying, the single mother household, mm-hmm. you have a mother like that is busting her ass, you know, working, cleaning, and at the core, still trying to be a good mother. Mm-hmm and doing probably more than she should be doing for her child when it, when it, as far as, like, cooking and cleaning, mm-hmm. you know, and not, you know, giving this child responsibilities. Maybe with almost even, like, living with guilt that yeah. the other parent is not there, so overcompensating and really taking a lot of the responsibilities onto themselves to ease and make, the, like, a, lot, a better life for the child. Yeah. And, it, you know, and actually doing them a disservice
2: mm-hmm.
1: by not giving them a little bit of tough love, you know, and giving them these responsibilities that they're going to use as tools later on in the future that are going to strengthen their relationship with the person that they're with down the road, Yeah. you know? So even in that dynamic, you know, it's still, it's, there's certain situations where it's not entirely the, like what we're speaking about here, you know, the man's fault.
0: Mm-hmm. I would agree. But,
1: I, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, okay. but just going back to what you were saying, I say it's a sensitive topic because this is not a lot of things that people realize, you know, they just, mm-hmm. you know, when they think of, uh, you know, weaponizing competence and just think of just, you know, just idiotic men who mm-hmm. just w- refuse to learn or refuse to take in- initiative, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just set in their
2: ways. I guess.
0: Well, I can tell you firsthand. I know men that it is literally that they watch their mothers do it all. And then they find, you know, I know there's like a, there's like a saying, like you wind up marrying your parents. Yes. You know, jokingly, I feel like, you know, you and I joke about this all the time. You're a lot like my father. Um, <laughs> in ways (laughs) in in ways that are uh the the best parts of my father you you. are thank you i appreciate that um i definitely think that you possess those things you know so i know firsthand i've seen men marry women that are just like their mothers and sometimes they marry them for the same motherly thing that they received from their mother. And what I mean by that is the way that they were cared for. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it firsthand where a man will say something like, oh, babe, where's um, such and such thing? And the wife will know automatically. And I always find that so interesting because I'm like, this is your thing. Why is it that I should know where it is Maybe on occasion you can ask me because we live in the same household. I may have come across it. But when I tell you, I've seen that behavior repeatedly
2: mm-hmm.
0: from men asking their wives where something is, how can they do something? where can they where can they locate something? Where can they go to get something? and the wife will know this stuff at a drop of a dime, let me tell you how stressful that can be on the woman because now here you are not only having to remember your own shit, potentially your children's shit, you got to remember where this guy left his fucking keys.
1: Well, again, I, I I I feel like that that goes back to growing up. You know, the mother was cleaning the house, or, I know, that's, or, organizing, putting yeah. things away. Yeah. You know, if she saw something laid out. She would take it and put it where it belonged. You know, so that's where that behavior starts. And yes. It, it, you know, and it carries on, and so like you know, not to say that you, you know people should be able to self-reflect enough to know that along 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 their life that this behavior is not something that is, you know, good to have. Yeah. You know, I myself am guilty of being incompetent in many ways, um, and but because I'm very self-aware of, of who I am and I do a lot of self-reflection, mm-hmm. I'm quick to notice that, you know, these things you know are not you're not comfortable with you know like and so i try to you know change those things about me mm-hmm. and evolve and become a better person and i think that you know that's what it's lacking in a lot of these situations where yeah. people are very stuck in their ways and are not looking to evolve and are not looking you know maybe even you know there's just those quote unquote you know stereotypical like stereotypical people where they peak at a, at a certain point in their life mm-hmm. and then they just that that's just who they are um and so you know, that's a, big, that's, that's a big problem, you know, because then you have people that are being, uh, they're being told these things about themselves, like like a guy is being told about himself, like, hey, listen, you know, this thing that you do, you can do it a little bit better. You know, if you did it this way, it would probably, the, re- the result would be better. And just because that person doesn't want to change or improve or, or do more work, they just stay the same and it just becomes an ongoing problem.
0: Um I'm surprised that you say that you're incompetent in many ways.
1: I said, I I said I can be I I can be incompetent. Did I say many? I I meant to say yeah. it in some ways, not many. I don't feel like I'm many. I uh, maybe I, I miss said that. But I I am not Maybe per- I misheard you, but yeah, I'm I just
0: not, I'm I, surprised that you said that to begin you
1: with. You know, by no by no way do I claim to be perfect. And yeah. we spoke about this earlier, and I feel that everybody's incompetent in their own way. Correct. And so these are just These are just um, moments where I've realized that in that particular situation, I don't possess the skill needed to Mm -hmm. accomplish what it is that I'm trying to do. And I should learn. I should definitely learn how to do it better. Mm -hmm. And especially when these things come to um, when these are things that come to that are we do equally, you know, because I know that if I do something half ass and it's something that we do together, you're going to feel it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't. I don't, I'm not comfortable with putting that situation on you. I'm not I'm not comfortable with making you feel uncomfortable with something that I could potentially do better.
0: Yeah, uh, but like you said, that comes with a lot of self-reflection. Exactly,
1: yeah. So, I, you know, because I self-reflect a lot um, and I'm always looking, I'm always looking to like see where I'm wrong. I'm always, I'm always willing to listen to mm. something that I've done wrong through somebody else's eyes.
0: Yeah, I can say that I can speak directly to that. I feel like you are very open to criticism. Yes, like, like I look for it. Yeah, criticism, uh, whether it be negative or positive. Yeah. Uh, I think that that is something about you that really helps our relationship because I'm very vocal.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's a, I, listen, I just see it as a great opportunity to improve something that I don't really see because, you know, people don't realize that you know when you're looking at something you're always projecting outwards yeah very little very 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 um very little are is one projecting their own image back at themselves because they're so occupied with the images around them yeah. so i think it's important to be open-minded about the images of yourself that are coming from outside sources directed at you you know i I see that as a like a golden opportunity but not everybody sees it that way people get very defensive
0: Yes, but I, I do wanna make a point to say that you need to be careful where those that where that criticism is coming from. Well, I like, only
1: take it from the people that I care about. Yeah. Yeah, no 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, let I me I just want let, to make a point yeah, to say let, that let like me, let's not get it twisted. I'm not sitting there just like if somebody says I'm walking down the street and somebody says, Hey, you're an asshole. Really? Am I? I didn't know that. Yeah. Tell me more. No, 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 we're not doing that. No. But from the people that mean a lot to me, such as yourself, mm-hmm. family members and things like that. Um, if I'm being told something about myself. Like these people know me. Yeah. Right. So it's because it's from the people that know me, if you don't know me and you say something about me, that shit is just going to go. Whew. Like, I, I mean, it's going to be like the matrix, you know, It's just I'm literally going to like kneel yeah. that shit. Bullet time, it's, yeah. Baby. Bullet time. It's just going to go this way. What the fuck is you talking about? Like, I'm not listening to you.
0: Listen to me. That is such a thing that I live by. I do not listen to people who don't really know me. Because yeah. the people who don't really know me and don't care for me, I could give a fuck what they think. One of my favorite things is that when people on social media will make these assumptions about me and about who I am as a person,
2: oh, yeah, that shit is bullshit.
0: Those are some of my favorite things to read. Like when I remember more recently, someone on TikTok said that I would look like I was a teenager. Oh, <laughs> what is that? What is that young teenager girl? No, I was like, oh my god, I'm so flattered. It's a compliment, <laughs> nah. Uh But what I, listening to you talk about it, um, and being open to criticism and being accepting of hearing things that s- someone has to say about you and your character, in areas where you might be incompetent, I think is key. But what I find so funny about this whole weaponizing competence thing, I learned about this through social media. Mm-hmm. There is a, a woman on social media that she talks about it as like a learning tool. And then she refers to a book called Fair Play, where you can learn to have a better relationship with responsibilities and tasks in the house and how to like really communicate to your partner, which I think is great. It's a great way to use your platform to try to help educate people how they can live healthier relationships Mm -hmm. but what i find crazy is the women and the men that are on social media putting their partners on blast being like look at this fucking incompetent person uh my husband or my wife you know um they said that they were going to do this for me but then i went to go take a shower and i came back and like i said before he was asleep how is that helping the situation?
1: it's really not it's just but i mean it's you know
0: I, honestly Evo, in my opinion, that makes the person on uh, the person that is presenting that yeah. on social media, that makes them look stupid.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it, Why
0: are you not talking to your partner? It's easier for you to put them on blast and to, to, to have people see them as incompetent rather than have a, a conversation you know, within your relationship.
1: But that's that's like a deep rooted condition or deep rooted issue within that person where Oh, okay. They they're obviously this is the way that they deal with their frustrations, hmm. you know, where they um, they put it on blast.
0: Oh, boy, what? that would fucking set me on fire, you
1: know, and I'm, you know, I'm guilty of that at, at one point in my life.
0: OK, I was going to say, wait, yeah, what?
1: At one point in my life, I was guilty of that. You know, when 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 issues arised in my relationship, I was not shy of publicizing it.
0: Mm. You know,
1: if I was in the street, you know, with my girlfriend at the time and we got into an argument or an issue, um, it was didn't I didn't think twice about getting into it right then and there. You know
0: Oh yeah. You know, I what remember I mean? this about you. Yeah.
1: And so um you know you taught me um how important it is to not do that and how important it, it was to collect my thoughts and be in tune with what I was feeling and talk to you about those things yeah. and come to a resolution in private.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, um, but prior to you, you know, I can kind of see and understand why these people actively, because they don't know any better. I didn't know any better at that time. You know, I didn't know. Other, I didn't know any other way to deal with my feelings.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm And i, and I and I'm sorry, but I just grew <laughs> I grew up in a household, too, where
0: I was just about to say, yeah, this. A,
1: anger and things like that were addressed very vocally Mm -hmm. you know and loud and and so um there was um because there was no other way Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it was all I knew you know
0: um I I was gonna say I feel like when you say you don't know any better I know firsthand why you say that I know that you say that you were very um I don't know. You were like a volcano. You were like, you were just like waiting to erupt.
2: Yeah.
1: I used to, I used to refer my, to myself as a stick of dynamite that would light <laughs> without even a match to contact. Like all you had to do was just light a match 50 feet away and the stick, the dynamite would explode.
0: I am, um, I think that I, no, I don't think, I know. I recognize that about you very early on. I recognize that you were just like a, 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 like, low burning fire Mm -hmm. and when we would get into those type of situations i could not be the fuel i needed to be the thing that put you out
1: oh i walked around with a can of nitrous like (laughs) all you had to do is (laughs) just show me the track and i was just like (sighs) you know and um it was something that i had to learn how to control
0: yeah i i needed you to learn how to self-reflect yeah and um it took time Mm -hmm. a But I think what is so interesting about that whole dynamic, (laughs) because I talked about it earlier and I said how like I, I needed to learn how to let go of control. I helped you learn how to gain control. You taught me how to let go of control. Yes. And it's so interesting that like I learned that from you. I learned how to be a little bit more carefree and not to be so uptight about things in the house. Yeah because it, it was literally gonna make me like explode as a person. It's interesting to me that um, these things come from our childhood. You watched a father be very volatile. Mm-hmm. I watched my parents be somewhat similar because funny story, our, our fathers are very much alike when it comes to like that type of uproar. Um, but because I came from that type of childhood, I taught myself to really be in control of my feelings and not really let anyone see what was really going on and like really deal with it in private. So then I carry that on to my relationships. And you, on the other hand, you were just like, you, you know, you, you went to DR and you learned how to be more carefree. So yeah, lear- you were just like, I
1: learned, I learned, I learned how not to give a fuck. Yeah. And so, and
0: meanwhile, I was a complete opposite. I was like, all I do is give a fuck.
1: And so, that's the beautiful thing about you know, when two people come together and they bring each other balance, you know, because um, when it came to us, you know, you taught me how to care about the things that were actually important that I didn't give a fuck about. Yeah. And I taught you how not to give a fuck about the things that you really shouldn't give a fuck about. Cause you, you cared about way too many things, yo. way too much on such a microscopic level that I had to teach you like, yo, you cannot give a fuck about that. And so I taught you how to loosen up a bit. You know, you taught me how to tighten up a bit yeah. and, and that gave us balance. You know, that's where we complimented each other. And, you know, that's where our strengths are.
0: That reminds me of a of an argument that is all over social media right now, which is men asking women, what do you bring to the table?
1: (laughs) That's a good one,
0: because what I brought to the table is not tangible.
1: No, it's
2: definitely not.
0: That shit was all of my feeling and all of my lessons. Mm. I poured that into you. That's what I brought to the table amongst. multitude of other things and vice versa Mm -hmm. so ladies and gentlemen when you ask or you even consider to ask another person what do you bring to the table are you fucking perfect are you carved out a goddamn stone that you think that anything that you have to offer this person whether it be material um emotional whatever it is that is perfection
1: you know what's funny? I just feel like that these people that speak this way, you know, about, oh, what do you bring to the table?
0: Oh, God. Have
1: never been rocked to the core by somebody who's got nothing to bring to the table.
0: <laughs> 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 what fuck do you mean by so, that?
1: So, listen to what I'm saying to you. Please, please. Listen to what I'm saying to you, right? All right. Imagine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, when I say rock to the core, I mean when you meet someone. Mm-hmm. And that's and that person puts the brakes on everything that you're doing in your life. Yeah. All of a sudden nothing's important. And it's just the way that the way that they look and who they are as a person
2: mm.
1: totally changes the way that you see, changes the way that you act, changes the way that you feel. And that's what I mean by rock you to the core. I mean they've penetrated you so deep just by who they are as a person and the way that they make you feel, just by when you see them and they're in your presence. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing tangible about that.
0: Yeah, zero. That's what
1: I'm saying. So I feel like that these people—that that, is
0: energy, baby. This
1: exactly. So I'm saying these people that say or or what are you bringing to the table have never been rocked. Yeah. By somebody's presence like that
0: because they're they're looking to assess someone based on based, like yeah. like value that they, yeah. they, they, that is tangible. But
1: that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's because they've they've never tasted yeah. the fruit of life Mm. you know what i mean they've they've they're they're still being starved of what real value is you know what i mean Mm. and so to them value is what is all you can bring what are you what are you showing me what are you bringing to me right because they've never just been approached by somebody that has nothing that'll flip them upside down on their head and i think that if they were to ever experience that they would never ask that question ever again in their life
0: Yo, fucking tell him, (laughs) Evo.
1: Because I know I've had that experience. And I know that I don't give a shit what you bring to the table. Unless you're making me feel a certain way, all that other shit is secondary.
0: Let me tell you something. When I hear that question, I literally, the women that are answering it, some of them are coming back with some great answers. But then I see women like trying to argue with men. Mofo, I'm not arguing with you. If that is the question that you feel like you need to ask me, I'm not even gonna waste my time. Yeah. Those are the type of men that I have avoided or stood clear of for a huge portion of my life. After having my two children previous previous to our relationship, I knew what I needed in my life. So anything that didn't fit that, I was like, see you later, my guy. Yeah.
1: You know, it's it's interesting because like I guess certain people when they reach a certain part of their life where they've acquired so much material and so much um so much things of value materialistic monetary value Mm -hmm. things of uh you know those type of things that it almost becomes like a little bit of a liability Mm -hmm. on the person that they partner with so in those yeah in those cases it's like you know all right what are you bringing because you know if we really go you know all the way with this you know and we we marry or you know we become one we go into this business thing that is called a marriage people like to call it a business um you know at the end of the day if it was all to fall apart the only thing that is left to talk about are assets you Mm. know and so in those cases when those relationships don't work out the person that brings the most to the table um has the most to lose you know, so I can see why people like that in, in certain cases, they're all, they're really sizing up the person that they're with and like, what do you bring into the table? Because yeah. at the end of the day, if this wasn't, if doesn't work out, you know, if you came into this with nothing, then you're going to, you know, now we're all looking at everything that I got. And it, now it's like, you know, we got to split this down the middle. But again, you know, I, I, that's, that's uh, a lot of that has to do with perspective, I think. And I think that there's people that even if they have it all and they meet someone that doesn't have it, that doesn't have anything. That at the end of the day, they're still looking for someone solid to be with. And if Mm -hmm. it didn't work out, they don't mind, you know, they don't mind splitting whatever they have. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because it was never about that to begin with.
0: I think one of the things that like as I'm listening to you that I think about is when it comes to one of your partners potentially being purposeful, purposely incompetent, purposefully, purposely on purpose they are being incompetent okay i don't want to say that they're weaponizing it but on purpose they're they're acting like they can't do something Mm -hmm. what do you think is the best way for you to express to that partner that you need for them to find a way to become competent because what i can't tell you is evo You and I have conversations a lot about these kind of things. Ways things that you and I could do things better. And by no means are we perfect. I do think communication is key. And that is a forever evolving thing in our relationship. Because we always find new ways to communicate. But in this particular situation, what do you think is the best way or a way, because I don't think there is the best way, because it, it may be, you know, everything fits differently. Yeah. But what is a way that you feel like you could say to someone, if that's something that they're experiencing with their partner, that they could say to them, hey, I need for you to like, I need for you to find a way to become competent.
1: You know, so it's not, a, I don't think it's an easy conversation to have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I think that one way to go about it is, you know, by... Telling You know, sitting down with the person and saying like, hey, you know, listen, I know that, you know, this thing that you just did, um, I know that you can do this better. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that you put your best into this Mm -hmm. Um, and it would make me a lot happier. It would please me more or whatever you want. The word you want to use that was it will fulfill me better to know at least that you put your best into this it doesn't have to be my perfection my version of it Mm -hmm. but as long as i know that you really put the effort into it trust Mm -hmm. me i will see it and i will be happy but i feel like that in this Mm -hmm. situation um that effort was lacking
0: understood i'm gonna tell you i agree with that i'm gonna tell you one of the first ways i would have what i would have built into that i would have asked them what prevented them what prevented you from doing this to the best of your ability? Because if it's a situation where they actually execute, excuse me, <coughs> where they actually execute something very poorly, whether it be a task, whether it be childcare, um, whatever it, responsibility that they were given, mm-hmm. and it is very apparent that they have executed it poorly, I would ask them what, pre- what prevented them from doing it at the optimum level? Yeah. Because I think understanding what prevents them or what hinders them from doing that will give you a better understanding of how they could do it better. Because if yeah. you just tell someone... Getting
1: down to, to the root of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, because if, if you just tell someone, hey, I don't think that you did this to the best of your ability and I need for you to do it better. If you don't even understand why they didn't do it good to begin with, how how can yeah. you come up with a solution? Yeah,
1: how are you going to fix it? Yeah, sure, no, I know. I, I get that. Cool. I also think that it's important to realize that Excuse me. It's important to realize that a lot of these situations, too, um, the women, they, they kind of, um, they've, they kind of become like I I don't know what's the, what's the word I'm looking for. They come, they kind of become part of the problem, right? The way I worded that right now, I just I know it made your blood boil, right? And I did that on purpose.
0: Look at my face. <laughs> But go ahead. That was
1: purposely. Um, yeah, they become part of the problem because easily, it's very easy for someone to lose patience
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the person that's being incompetent. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, suggest, so you know what, I'll just do it myself.
0: Yeah, because I'm, I'm guilty of that.
1: Yes, exactly. And so, um, you, know, you, you know, you're kind of doing a disservice to the person that's being incompetent and to the relationship in itself because not only is there no effort being made to try to improve the situation but then the issue is still always there Mm -hmm. with the person that is competent and then it ends up being an internal issue that ends up growing over time so you know patience and um and dedication and consistency and open communication is important to try to help the relationship grow with, with the person that's incompetent and helping them better understand what your needs are as a woman when it comes to your spouse. Because it's easier. It's very much easier. It's it's like raising kids.
0: No, I, I agree know? with you, Eva. I just wonder if that there will be something that prevents a woman or a man from having these conversations. I always think about like I always feel like these things are in an ideal world.
1: Yes, they are in an ideal world. So I
0: just wonder if a woman or a man is in this situation, and maybe their partner on the other end of it is really not open to hearing anything that they have to say.
1: I don't doubt that one bit, but guess what? It has to start somewhere. I agree. It has to start, and it's and anything that listen to me, anything that is built from the ground up. It never starts off pretty. It's always ugly. It's always rough. Mm-hmm. It's always the ver- the worst version of itself. Okay. It's the beta. You know what I mean? But the beta has to be launched. And so to anyone that is in a situation like this, that hasn't attempted to make this communication with their spouse, that is being incompetent, understand that if you're going to take the step to in a different direction where you're going to try to deal with these incompetence, these incompetence, these incompetent things, if you're going to take the steps, to change the things these things that are incompetent about your spouse, understand that if you're gonna be doing it for the first time, it's not gonna be pretty. You have to build the verbiage. You have to establish the angles of communication that are gonna be most subtle. You know, you have to figure out, you know, how to approach these situations. And that all takes trial and effort. You know, trial and error. Both. Exactly. Both. Tri- trial and effort. Trial, and, and, trial error and error and trial and effort. So, you know, don't think that this is just a you know a one one shot like hey one size fits all one size fits all no you have to learn how to communicate these things to your partner and that takes time to develop
0: uh yeah because i can i think you and i can speak from experience and that that there have been many times that we have tried to communicate and it has failed
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and we
0: have to like go back to the drawing board and then like re- like reevaluate how to like approach something because there's times where our feelings present prior to like our logic. Yeah.
1: Listen, everything that's amazing in this world has 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 been created through error, through failures, through destruction
0: or accidental through
1: accidents. Um and what you see is beauty, what you see as beautiful is something that has evolved through many different versions. And then once the you know the the final product that you see you know, is not how that product started.
0: Oh yeah, well that's evolution.
1: Exactly. So understand that if you're gonna embark on this thing where you're gonna try to change this dynamic that you have with your spouse where one is incompetent, understand that it has to happen through a process of evolution. So I know you say that yes, it's easier said than done.
0: Of course. Okay,
1: but speaking from experience, you know, we went through the trenches
0: and i feel like sometimes when i hear like these um like inspirational things on social media or i hear, see it on tv or whatever it is i'm always just like yeah that fucking sounds great
1: yeah well, I mean, yeah, to say it, to but say, but like
0: <laughs> implement that into like a situation that is fucked up, yeah, and like tell me how that shit's gonna work, yeah. Because if you have a partner that you like, try to like give these like inspirational conversations to, and your partner's looking at you like, you know what you could do, you could go fucking kick rocks, yeah. I think that you have to be able to say to to the uh, the person that's attempting to salvage their relationship by reevaluating things that they also have the ability to fucking walk away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think that that's so important because if you recognize that you are really putting in all of your effort into rehabilitating your relationship for a particular um, facet in your relationship, whether it be we- weaponizing competence, maybe your spouse is really like not putting their best foot forward when it comes to taking care of the ch- children, um, doing things in the household, and you really put your time and your effort and whatever that consists of therapy communication reading books to educate yourself how to do the to do the the, to do the job as best your ability and your partner is still not reciprocating yeah please understand that you need to have boundaries and you need to say i have really tried and i need to walk away because i feel like sometimes when people hear these things they're like yeah, I'm gonna try it, and then it doesn't work, and then they go right back to the way that they were, and mm. then they're fucking in this vicious cycle. I want people to know that it's um. There's gonna be times that you're gonna have to walk away.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and and, and there, here's the beautiful thing, right? In this day and age, where we have the you know the the beautiful, most wonderful thing in the world, which is. You know, the Internet, which is endless information. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to show your spouse, you know, third party perspectives on what it is that you're trying to talk about. And it doesn't always have to be directly you pointing a finger, you know, because sometimes it's hard to hear something about yourself Mm -hmm. coming from the person that you're with. You know, it's very easy to get defensive when you hear it but when you hear it from somebody else or from a different source Mm -hmm. um you know it it, 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 there's a there's that that realism that comes with you know with it you know um like for example if you if you were trying to address something to me about myself Mm -hmm. i might look at you like you're fucking tripping like you're making this shit up you know that's just you you only feel that way. That's yeah. not. Uh, that's not really me. You mu- there's not. There's like an underlying issue where you're just you're beefing with me. You got a problem with me, and you're trying to make things difficult for me, right? Mm. There is that. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so therefore, because this I, is what I'm talking yeah, about. Because I feel that way, I may be reluctant to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. Right. But if I'm seeing a video of like a doctor or a psychiatrist that's explaining this characteristic this personality that exists within people and it sounds like she's describing me and this woman doesn't even know me or this person doesn't even know me it hits different you know it hits a little bit different and i think that because we have those abilities now these conversations are a little bit more easier to have in this day and age as to where before it may have been a lot harder
0: i agree i also do feel like that's a double-edged sword though yes but Which sucks. I mean. Because with all of this information, you could also feel like it's. um, I think the best way, the the, the way that I'm thinking about it is you can always find an argument. You can always find information to support your argument. So I think that there was like a joke on social media of a guy that was like. I'm just going to say something mad random. And he was just like. Um, If I drink coffee, it could potentially make you blind. He was like, I bet you I could find something on the internet that supports my argument. And he looked it up and lo and behold, there was an article that said drinking too much coffee can actually cause blindness. And he was like, see, this is the shit that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. This type of thing can support my argument. So you have to be weary because I feel like your partner could go out seeking information and find something that supports their argument. That you're coming at them in a way that they don't see fit and it, it falls more on you. Yeah, I,
1: but I, I feel like that's a little different because, I mean, and, and I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. But in the issue that you're in, the example that you gave, you're talking about consumption, right? You're talking about consuming something, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, when you consume something, everybody's got something to say about how that affects you, how that affects the body, right? There's, there's fucking thousands of experts on all sides of the spectrum that got different mm-hmm. things to say about mm-hmm. things that you consume. But in this particular situation, we're talking about oneself and a characteristic of oneself. Okay. And so when we start, when we talk, the, when you brought this topic to my attention, because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Gina comes up with 99 percent of the topics that we talk about. Right. And so and I just, you know, I give my input and I go do my research and I bring my supporting facts and stories and things like that. And we kind of bring it together and we do our show. Um, so when you brought this topic to my attention, I was not familiar with the topic yeah. or the term and you try to describe it to me and it really wasn't sinking in and what would you do you sent me three videos yeah you and i was
0: like i think this will you be better me, for you, you sent me
1: three videos and i watched them and i watched these people explain what weaponized incompetence was and i was really able to understand it and not only did i understand it but i all of a sudden realized things about myself yeah. that i may have been incompetent about throughout our relationship yeah. you know and i didn't even realize it
0: yeah
2: you
1: know but it took that video and again you know a little credit to myself you know i am very self-aware and i'm willing to like you know always self-reflect so immediately when i was listening to this i said well is there a minute do i do this you know and i was able to immediately reflect and like you know and, and remember situations where i was being like that but that's why i, I gave that that example about you know, it may be easier nowadays to talk about those things because, I agree. you know, there are so many other people that will that, you know, our voices, you know, that will agree or or support what it is that you're saying.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I, I can say that when you watch the videos, we had a great conversation about yeah, we did. it because yeah. I was just like, OK, so if you feel like in these areas that you've been incompetent, how do you think that you can change that behavior? Mm-hmm. And I gave you some examples, and I, I actually gave you three. And I think the third one really struck you. Yeah, I think because the third one, I basically was just like, "Okay, so if you're not sure how that person wants something done, then ask them how they would like it done, and take take pay very close pay very close attention to how they're doing it.
2: Yeah, well, so,
0: so that going forward." you will be able to execute it to that level if they're very particular about the things that they like cuz i think the example we used was um buying flowers and putting them in a vase
1: right so one of the videos that you showed me mm-hmm. um the person was talking about being um you using weaponized incompetence is kind of like if you buy your spouse flowers mm-hmm. right and you give them flowers um, but yet that they have to cut the flowers, they have to unwrap them, they have to put them in a vase, and then they have to put the fl- the food in them. Mm-hmm. You're not really giving them a gift. You're giving them a task.
0: Yeah. You give them a gift with a task. Yes.
1: You're giving them a gift with a task. And, you know, and that's you being, you know, the person that's doing that is being incompetent in a way where they're not realizing that when you give a gift, it's not for that person to have to do anything with it, per se, to complete it. It's yeah. given to them complete for them to enjoy and i and i was like oh my god i was like yeah i've done that like i've 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 come home with flowers i'm like here babe here you go you know and it's so that you know you pick out the vase that you like and that was my idea like i was like you know so you pick out the vase that you like you know because i feel like if i would have picked out a vase you know it may not be the one that you wanted and that you know you're going to change it anyway and i would just rather you do it the way that you did and then you're like yeah but still like that's you know i'm having to deal with the task of doing it and so i asked you Because in the you know in the past I felt like that that was the right decision to do because of other situations you know but I was like I asked you I said how am I supposed to know what vase you know you want yeah and you looked at me you said well how about when you came home with the flowers you just asked me baby what vase would you like this in you know and and I'm like shit
0: that's how easy it is
1: you fucking got me with that one you know and so but now I know you know and now I'm better because of that. And, you know, and you best believe that you're never gonna get any. F- you're never gonna get flowers well, again. Well, listen. In your defense,
0: they- you buy me many flowers that come with a vase. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I usually get so, them complete with the vase. But like, I don't know. All right. So the times that but, I the times that I do do it is when I'm randomly out yes. and I just bring you random flowers which for no is, reason. Which you know? is
0: evil. I'm not even looking at that as you being competent at all because I can be very particular about things, and we talked about this. But I think it was a great conversation because I just gave you such a simplistic answer of how yeah. you can find solution to yeah. something like that and that's what I'm talking about but, the communication but you are also very open to that here's don't.
1: the here's the wonderful thing right so after we had that conversation I thought about it right and I thought about I said damn that would have made that gift so much better yeah if I just asked her what vase you want this in and I would have put the water in it and I would have cut it myself and I would have put the food in it and I would have just set it on the table without you having to do anything about it I was like and I didn't realize that how much better that would have made that gift yeah um and because we had that conversation now i know and i've learned how to make that experience all the much more better
0: i think as a whole i think you know now that any gift you give me there should not be any work involved in it unless it's a <laughs> fucking puzzle yeah. or it's something that i'm actually have to like put some work into it to like enjoy it yeah. but if it's like if it's a if it's meant to be a gift that i'm supposed to enjoy there should be no work
2: in yeah, it yeah absolutely
0: um but not to say that i've ever complained
2: no in the no.
0: past but
1: um i you've never brought it up it was i came to my own realization yeah. on it when i saw the video yeah. because it was through the it, like it was just ironic that you sent me three examples and one of them had that example in it mm-hmm. actually the the person that was speaking about had many examples, and that was one example in yeah. the many that I, that struck me. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I've yeah. done that, you know?
0: Because I think some of the other examples were like, if you're giving your spouse breakfast in bed, they should not have to wash the dishes. They should not have to clean up. If you're yeah. taking your spouse out for dinner, they should not have to get the children ready. Yeah. They should not have to find a babysitter. If you were making this gift, they if it's a gift to them that they're supposed to enjoy with no responsibility, yeah. there should be no responsibility right. on their part. Anyway, with that being said, I just kind of feel like uh, communication is key. And if you feel like you were really trying to communicate to your partner, if you're really trying to give them information that is valuable to the thing that you were trying to help in your relationship, and maybe you're getting some pushback on it, what I can recommend is this book that I learned from... The person on social media, which is called Fair Play, and this book teaches you and your partner because you're both supposed to read it. teaches you and your partner how to divvy up responsibilities in the household, how to assign tasks. You know, like mm-hmm. for example, if one of your if the partner is potentially maybe better at it just naturally, how you can divvy up these things where these things are done, where there's not a stress put on one partner yeah. that they feel like they have to do more. In addition to that, the book helps you learn how to have good conversation starters yeah how to really approach these situations because um i feel like sometimes when we talk about it, it sounds real fucking easy and then you try to go like you ever you ever like about to have a argument with your partner and then you're like uh, you're fucking stuck yeah. and in your mind you had all these thoughts and there's actually been times where you and i have had disagreements where i've written stuff down because i know that in the heathen moment i lose track so this book will help you learn how to like start a conversation and kind of hold your ground in that conversation so I think it's an amazing tool where you and your partner can both read the book if you Mm. feel like the efforts that you have applied are really not working for you so I kind of wanted to end with that um and I don't know if you loved how I segue from Christmas to this shit (laughs) (laughs) because i just want everyone at home to know that like if during the holidays you should really be enjoying yourself it's about what we spoke about at the beginning of the of of the show which is having great food having great drinks having great family time you should not have to be dealing with oh you know my husband is doing less i'm doing more who's gonna watch the kids who's gonna clean who's gonna drive here who's gonna wrap this it should just be like babe how are we doing this? Like, 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 what yeah. is, what is, what is this all about, and how can we do this collectively? You know, and the conversation should come from both ends. It shouldn't just be the man always looking for the women to guide him. Because um, I also don't want to be your manager.
1: Well, you know what though? <laughs> Listen, just here's a helpful hint to like to that to ladies out there and women. You know, something's got to change with the fact that you know women have been. Condition to accept and give a pass to the man that is goofy, silly, funny, and gives good banter. You know, there's a lot of power that a man has in showing a woman a good time and making her laugh and smile a lot. You know, and women mm-hmm. women will let a lot slide. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
0: As I said, what's the trade They off? will
1: they will let a lot slide for a smile and a good time. You yeah. know, and, and if if a man can provide that to them. You know they will, you know, overlook a lot of things. You know because that really hits them deep. You know, women, girls, girls love to have fun, right? Women love to have fun.
0: Uh yeah, but after ten years and a couple, yeah, years, no, that I get, shit that. get old Oh, real quick.
1: But just be careful with that because a lot of, you know, a lot of men get in there <laughs> <laughs> through that door. You
2: know, what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> fucking yeah. sliding in the back. Yeah. And it doesn't also, it doesn't also help that you know these types of characters are also, um, they're they're in, they're like built into our our heads with tv and media, you know, with the yeah. t- with tv shows, you know, like oh, yeah. these are characters that are like portrayed and you know, these are they're they're fed to you, you know, you're conditioned to think that these things are like how life is, you know. So, you know, that's another old problem that needs to stop as well.
0: Well, I just want people to enjoy their holiday. Definitely. I want everybody to have a merry christmas, a happy new year, whatever it is. Get
1: yourself some cookie though.
0: Right? <laughs> Even if you're not Latino, coquito hit. okay? And
1: if you want the recipe, hit us up on social, I'll send it to you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, but actually, with that being said, that actually brings us to the end of our show tonight. Um, I hope everybody has an amazing holiday. I hope you have time with friends and family. Um, You get to eat some great food. You have, you know, some fun gift-giving or however it is that you choose to celebrate your holiday. I wish everyone the best. But with that being said, until our next show... Next Friday. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Peace out. Peace out.